Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my loves, fellow beautiful souls and badasses, wherever you are in this amazing place called Earth. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is Jasmine, also known as the Healing One, owner of I Am Healing One LLC, the spiritualist and badass that you always know. So I have another amazing guest with me today, Paul Levitin, and I am going to kick it to him to introduce himself, tell him, tell us a little bit about what he is and what he does, why he's here today, and then we're going to dive in for some more juicy conversation. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I love that introduction. I love calling your, your, your tribe, your people, your badasses. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and thank you for having me. Like, like you said, my name is Paul Levitin, um, and I am a happiness coach, and I help people find happiness and their passion in life and live their, what I like to call, purposeful, passionate life. And I do that through coaching and education and podcasting and just all the different ways that I can help people in whatever way that I can help them. Awesome. Awesome. So we have a little bit in common. I was a personal trainer and a massage therapist in another life. And uh, I always say that jokingly and people think, oh, wow, you deal with past lives. And I'm like, no, no, I mean, literally in this life, (laughs) just a different phase of life. Um, And so I was excited when you uh, responded and wanted to come on and chat with us because I love having these conversations from people of, you know, different cultures, backgrounds, niches, expertise, specialties. So tell us what that looks like with you having been in fitness and now being a happiness coach and kind of merging all those things together. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I love to connect with this, this kind of stuff because the, the, the way I came to this is organically because of my uh, background in fitness. So I started in fitness as a personal trainer, then that logically led me to nutrition, right? Cause what does everyone who wants to get fit worry about? They worry about what they're eating and then it's usually weight loss and things like that. So, okay. That was the next logical thing. But personally, what I learned was I was like, I had all the fitness knowledge. I had all the nutrition knowledge and I was helping people, mm-hmm. but I wasn't helping people as much as I thought I should. I like, was like, yeah. why am I, why am I giving them all this stuff? Why can I give them the, the answers that they're not doing? Right. Why are they not getting the results? So for me, if, and when I was younger and uh, more self-centered and naive, let's say it was like, oh, well, you know, it, it's, it's their fault. Right. It's, it's them. Like they, I'm giving them the answers. They, like I can lead a horse to water. I just can't make them drink. And that's where most, I feel like personal trainers and coaches will stop. And, and, and you know, there is um, some level of that of truth to that. Right. You can't make someone do the work if they're not ready. Yeah. But in reality, to me, what I learned was that like, that's so you're just giving up too easily, right? Meaning that most people are not motivated in that way, right? And and we can understand that because most people are overweight. Most people are broke. Most people are, most people are not doing the best that they could in life. And if you just say like, well, you just got to be motivated. It's like, you're leaving out 99% of humans because human nature is not to be motivated. In reality, human nature is to conserve energy. It's to do the least amount of work possible because evolutionarily we want to conserve energy all the time. Right. So again, this kind of led me to believe it's like, Oh, uh, to understand it's like, Oh, if I want to help people, it's not about designing workouts. It's not about making the best diet. It's about helping them become the person who wants to change. And that led me down the path of studying psychology, behavior change, uh, human motivation and (laughs) behavioral sciences. And because of that, I went and became a board licensed health and wellness coach and health and wellness coaching 
again, it's, it's a license that, sorry if you hear my nephew running around in the background, um, health and wellness coaching is a lot to do with exactly that question of like, why, how do we get people to do what they say they want to do, but aren't doing, right? Mm-hmm. And that became the very interesting question for me. And then right as I got that license, you know, I did a lot of studying. I was studying for about a year and a half and I, I took the test and I passed the test in February of 2020. And then obviously March, 2020 came the, the gym that crazy. I was yeah. right. The world went crazy. The gyms that I was working at shut down. And, and this is when a, a funny thing happened. Cause it's like, everyone remembers March, 2020, April, 2020, what happened? The world shut down. Everyone's home. What, what did every personal trainer do? All right. Instagram lives. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. You're, you got no excuses now, right? You're not working. You're not at home. I mean, you're sitting at home. And yet, what did we see? We didn't see the world get more healthy. We didn't see people, we didn't see people feeling better, moving better mentally and physically. We saw people became more unhealthy, eating worse, drinking more alcohol, exercising less. So it's like, there's a disconnect there of like, clearly it's not the answer of just like better workouts. There's something else. So that's what I became very interested in. And that's when I started to shift more towards, again, just happiness, because I realized it's not about being the fittest person. It's not about looking good to be on the beach. It's not about a certain being a certain weight or fitting a certain societal norm of what, what things look like. It's about living your full, happy life. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, one of the things, it's funny, one of the things that happened um, when I was a personal trainer was that I became known as the sick trainer and they would send me all the clients that had come in for some type of rehab from some type of catastrophic injury, accident, surgery, health concerns, etc. Mm-hmm. I was that trainer that they put everybody on my calendar. And at first it was an insult to me, like, why are y'all calling me the sick trainer? What the hell is this? And then I realized, oh no, this is good because that was part of my expertise. Number one, I'd already been working with catastrophic injuries before I became a fitness trainer. And so that was already part of my expertise and part of my wheelhouse. And I realized the big difference and the reason that those clients started requesting me and telling you know anybody else that came in to specifically request me for that was, there was a different level of compassion that I brought to the table. I understood, and empathy, I understood that just, forcing them to get on the bike or the treadmill or the elliptical or lift the weights or bench press or run around the track or do whatever, you know, we were doing that I had to reach whatever the internal motivation was for that individual. And a lot of people, they get caught in the mechanic of the thing and that's it. They don't go any further. Right. And so I love what you were saying about the happiness part, because that, that really is it. And, you know, that's a, a, it's definitely a necessary conversation that we have to have. You know, a lot of my audience is business owners, entrepreneurs, um, and many of us are in the spiritual arena. And these are conversations that we have to have because it's not just about, I want to lose weight to, to get married or fit in this dress or fit in this suit for this event, or I want to look good for these pictures. It is an overall, I want to feel good. You know, more people are learning that it's not about the number on the scale. Real talk, you probably recognize this. Um, many of us are just never going to fit the parameters on most of those charts. And that was a lot of the education that I did with my clients was reminding them that you don't have to be this black and white. You get to figure out what that gray area, area is for yourself. What is healthy? What is feeling whole feel like for you? What is feeling emotionally well feel like for you? And that may end up matching the number that you want on the scale. And it may not. 
but it's okay to cultivate a different experience, right? And not fit the box. And so how does that show up for you um, when you're working with your clients and having to help them educate themselves? You know, that's the journey that all of us have to figure out. What does this look like to help our client make sense of this? So what does that journey start off with you? Yeah, for sure. And I 1000% agree with everything that you just said. And it's exactly that, right? It's, it's, it starts with education and awareness, right? And for one, it's like happiness, right? That's why I go, my, my whole podcast, my podcast is called The Healthy, Happy Human. Yeah. And I always say it's healthy, happy. It's not the healthy, fit human. It's not the jacked and happy human. It's not yeah. the, the muscular and happy. It's, it's healthy and happy. And, and maybe those two sides are the same coin. But again, the, re- the way I have to start with people is understanding that there's a difference between, and I think this is, you know, this is my big gripe and this is why I left the fitness industry. Because I think that the biggest disservice that the fitness industry has done, and I think it is, will cause detrimental effects to society for at least the next generation, is linking a fitness aesthetic to health. Mm-hmm. Because those two things are not related. Exercise, eating well, meditating, journaling, all of these things are for your health looking a certain way is in no way indicative of those things. Mm -hmm. Meaning you can look a certain way as society deems quote unquote fit or healthy or whatever, and be unhealthy. You can also be extremely healthy and not look like that. And regardless, the reason that we do these things or should do these things, even though I hate the word should is because it's good for us because your the body, the human body, it craves movement, right? I don't say exercise, movement. We don't have to go to a gym if you don't ever want to, but you do need to move. And in the same way, the human brain craves. Uh, okay, bud. <laughs> your nephew is <laughs> so excited. cute. <laughs> yeah, he's excited. And he's, my, my sister isn't here today, so he's, he's getting to run around as, with uncle time. Uh, but yeah, but in the same way, the human body craves excitement, I mean, craves movement, the human brain needs it as well. So that's the thing. It's like, we do, if these things are not because like of a result, yeah. because that's what we're made to do. Yeah. I think one of the important things that we, we all need to make sure that we are holding space for, we, we've kind of talked around, you know, the pandemic happening and one of the major reasons that people didn't get healthier was they were, yeah, at home and they had more time, but they were also dealing with a worldwide catastrophic event that hit us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually and energetically. And when we're not thriving in those means, it becomes very challenging to figure out how to thrive physically and get the movement going, right? And that that's a huge part of the conversation that I have with a lot of clients of, First, before we can motivate you to get moving, we've got to figure out where are you feeling disconnected from yourself? How are you coping with all the things that are happening right now? You know, you you may be at home, but now you're at home with a sick parent and you don't have a break because now you're not leaving to go to work. Now you're at home with kids who are normally in school or daycare and everybody's in this house 24-7 quarantined or because jobs are closed, schools are closed or whatever, especially the first year, right? And so that was a huge part of what people were having to deal with and and business owners. I went into this not understanding 
how much of a toll it was going to take on me. And I do this kind of work, right? I've got counseling degrees. I've been in wellness and health and spirituality for 20 plus years now. And I, you know, the pandemic first started, I was like, I'm good. I'm already an introvert. I, you know, it's fine. And then the second year hit and it was like, oh my God, I'm dying. You know what I mean? And so we're all having to figure out what that happiness looks like now. And I'm glad that you touched on that. Looking healthy and being healthy are two different things. I actually had um, a pharmacist on in a different episode. And that's one of the things that we talked about was she does coaching now because she realized, you know, a lot of times it's not just about if you work out, if you exercise, if you do this, then you'll be healthy. Because a lot of times what we were doing physically in the gym, especially in the gym, was causing more detriment to our physical bodies, right? So what are some of the things that you look for when you are motivating yourself in your happiness journey? You're a business owner, you're a human being. So what are you doing to motivate you? Yeah, right. So again, we're, we're very much aligned at everything that you're saying. I feel like I'm talking to myself, you know? So it's, it's uh, one of those things, but like, so for one, it's exactly like you said, you know, the, the pandemic is real, right? And and everything is real, all right? If you're your own, I'm a, I'm a single guy, right? So my life inherently is not the same as someone, like right now I'm watching my five-year-old nephew, you hear him in the background. This, I, I have him for two hours and I'm like, okay, like this is enough is enough. I can't imagine what a single mom with three kids during the pandemic was doing. So it's yeah. like, we have to respect that level of, uh, level of like reality. And that's, that's a big place that we have to start is like everyone's life is different. And that's why I just said before, I don't like the word should. Yeah. Because people have these, these expectations of what they should be doing, right? Oh, I'm, I'm home now. I should be working out. Or again, I should be looking like this. But yeah. again, I, I, in my, my podcast, I say all the time, everything is the same. And I use fitness as an analogy, but since your audience is business owners, we can flip it to that, right? My yeah. business should be here by now. I've been working on this for this long. Oh, my, my, this campaign should have reached this many people. It was supposed to do this. I expected this, but should isn't real expectations yeah. aren't real. The only thing that's real is right now in this moment, you and I are recording this. Okay. Everything in my life has led up to this moment right now. And whatever happens in the future is unknown, right? Anyone who's listening to this is listening to right now. So anything that is a should is an expectation is just, is just not, it's just not real, right? So, and, and when we hold ourselves to those standards, we create impossible expectations. Everyone knows the, uh, the old saying, comparison is the thief of joy, right? And when you're comparing yourself to others, right? Instagram, it's a highlight reel and all this stuff, we know that. But should is just a comparison to a false version of yourself that you're creating, right? Oh, I'm 32. I was supposed to be this far in my business by now, but I'm not. I have to respect where I am right now. Oh, I should, I'm 35. I should look like I did when I was 25, but you don't because you're not, you're not 25, you're 35. You have to respect where you are. Um, so that's just a little bit to touch on that, but to go on your question about yeah. how I stay motivated. Yeah. For me, what I understand happiness as is being in control of my life. That's if I have to boil down my whole thesis on life of, of how to be happy, it's I want to live in the driver's seat of life. I like that. You no, know? not, not in the past. I feel like a lot of people are living life reactively and yeah. that's how, but we're unhappy, right? The human, again, everything goes back to me to evolution. We want to be in control. Yeah. Tell a kid, I'm telling my nephew right now to not do something and he's going to instantly do it, right? Yeah. You try to control someone, they buck. But if you have control, if, if I choose to do that thing, now it feels good, 
right? Mm. This is why, you know, going back to the dieting analogy, this is why keto and these type of things seldom ever work because they work until they don't, right? No carbs, no carbs, no carbs, no carbs, eat a whole pizza because my brain inherently wants things it doesn't, it can't, it's told it can't have. So if I, if I take a step back and, and use that as an analogy for life, if I'm being told by my knees that I can't go for a walk today, that's a bad feeling. If I decide that I don't wanna go for a walk, that's my decision, right? If I'm being told by my bank account that I can't go on vacation next month, now I feel broke, now I feel less than. If I just, my yeah. friends say, hey, we're going to Tahiti. And I say, no, I don't really like Tahiti. That's not my thing. That's my decision. So everything comes down to how can I be in the driver's seat? So my motivation for myself is I always want to be in the driver's seat. I don't ever want to have to say no to something because it's not my decision. I don't want to have to say no to a hike because I'm, I'm too unhealthy. I don't want to have to say um, no to a vacation because I'm too broke. I don't want to have to say no to a party because I have to work too late. So I build my entire life around me being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that inherently means that, yes, I have to exercise. And yes, I have to work on my business. I don't want to be rich, but I want to be able to live my life in the way that I want to. I want to be able to sit in the middle of a day like this and do this. And then after I'm done watching my nephew go rock climbing, because that's what I value in my life. So it's nothing yeah. to do with the money thing. It has to do with how can I, how can I build that? And I understand that that's not going to be handed to me. And I have to do it. Now, again, like you can call that motivation. You can call it whatever it is. I still yeah. have to get up and do the damn thing, you know, and that is a, is a whole different <laughs> layer of, you know, <laughs> layer of, of challenges. Go. But, you know, that's what, you know, my brain always comes back to like, I want to be in control because I know how it feels to be out of control mm -hmm. and it's not a good feeling. I love that. I love that. Um, one of the things, a lot of people come to me to work on wealth, money mindset, uh, money struggles things of that nature, to really be able to shift the trajectory of how they're traveling in their career, how they're making money, relating to money, how they're building their business, right? And one of the things that I realized for myself and have shared forever with anybody that will listen is you can't wait until the thing is perfect and everything is lined up piece by piece, dot by dot to get up and say, okay, now I can do this. It's always in motion. There's always a path. There's always a progression that happens, right? And so being healthy, being happy isn't waking up. I'm good today. Life is perfect. Nothing bad is ever going to change this mood. That's Disney cartoons. Being healthy and happy for me is I'm tuning in with how I feel today. And maybe on a scale of one to 10, I'm feeling a three because yesterday was shitty and I'm tired and I just need to eat my favorite Froyo and watch Netflix and give my body and my mind a break, right? And then maybe tomorrow I wake up at a seven or an eight because I rested, I slowed down and gave my chance, myself a chance to integrate. Now I'm feeling good, right? I always want people to know it's a progression and it is about taking action. Like you said, you, we, so many times when we're hurt or we're, we're traumatized by something or wounded by something that we experience in life, it puts us in this place where we're always in a defense mode and then fighting or reacting to the thing that's happening. Instead of taking care of self daily, self-care, and then being able to respond as needed when things happen. Okay, I went to the doctor and they said, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so here are the things I already do. How can I tweak this, change this, add to this? to now address this problem or this situation, right? Or been a little bit more stressed at work. Okay, here are the things I'm already doing. 
how can I shift this, tweak this, pivot this to now address that? So being in a responsive space versus a reactive space is really powerful. Um, and like you said, whether we call it motivation, taking action, any number of labels that we can slap on it, it, it really comes down to accountability, right? I know a lot of times I've had to tell myself <laughs> and, and, you know, friends, clients, whoever, that nobody else is responsible for your happiness. Nobody, not your kids, your friends, your family, your clients, your employees, your employers, your bestie, your husband, your wives, girlfriends, fuck buddies. Nobody is responsible for you feeling good. Starts with self. And then they can help you co-create those experiences. What are some of the things that you do? Oh, and by the way, let me say this. Love the nephew. And I think it's funny because we as business owners have a lot of pressure on ourselves right now working from home. We've got dogs barking. We've got kids running around, spouses and partners walking behind the camera when we're in meetings. You know, we, we've all been in this roller coaster for, what, three years now. And I want people to stop apologizing for that. I think that's part of us taking back our happiness and our wellness is to stop apologizing for being human. So he's the cutest little thing to me <laughs> running in the background. And I hope that people listening to this take this and say, that's normal. And it reminds them to stop being so hard on themselves as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as whoever they are, and having to deal with all manner of craziness right now in this chaotic world. So throwing it back to you, what are some of the things that you like to do to get yourself um, through a, a day that's not so great or a down day, a, a quote unquote bad day? Yeah, I love that. Um, and one, yeah, thank you. He's, he's, he's the best. He's, he's doing some surgery on one of his toys over here right now. So you hear him <laughs> rattling around. Um, but yeah, I mean, one, it's exactly what you just said. I'm a big fan of the phrase done is better than perfect you know, and uh, perfect, you know, the people say like good is the enemy of great, which is also true, right? We can take, that's the thing, right? Everything is a sliding scale. Everything yeah. exists on both ends. Everything is a continuum. It's not this or that. It's not black or white. Um, you know, but if we try to be, you know, I, I, it's funny, we, we've, I have, a, I, I teach courses and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I teach on is like how to quit quitting right? Because my whole thing is like, we all know consistency is the key, right? So if consistency is the key, all I have to do is help you not quit on whatever your goal is, you're going to get there. Yeah. And, you know, I teach what I call the five human tendencies uh, that lead to quitting. And I, it's called the slump, S-L-U-M-P. And we've already talked, covered three of them, which, which it shows because S is the shoulds and supposed tos, M is money mindset, and P is perfectionism, right? Because these are the things, right? Everyone wants to be perfect. And perfection is an is is an unattainable goal right it's a it's a it's an ideal that doesn't it literally doesn't exist right so one it's like for for this for you know for the podcast for what we're doing for for my business i understand again done is better than perfect right so i have a podcast myself and my podcast episodes release every morning every wednesday morning at 6 a.m once a week 6 a.m people ask me how did that happen it's like i just i was overthinking when am i going to release the podcast so i yeah. picked wednesday and then i just picked 6 a.m and that was almost two years ago. And I just never stopped because if I would have yeah. kept thinking about it, what's the best day, one's going to get the highest engagement, I never would have done it. So I just picked one and go, I never thought about it again. And I checked that off my list and I gave myself mm -hmm. more mental energy. So, you know, to go to your question about, you know, what do I do when I'm having a, a bad day or, or anything like that? It's exactly that, right? Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Right. And I live by a few like certain 
mottos and you know what that what done is better than perfect is one um but you know bad days come before good days is another one right so anytime there's a bad day coming it's because you're at the crest of a wave or you're, or you're at the bottom of the wave and it's you know life comes and ebbs and flows so if, if something bad is happening that just means something good is coming so it, it's fine and again you can only have bad days if you know what good days are to to balance them against yeah. right so there's no, you know, it, there, and that's the whole thing. Again, just like I was saying before about the shoulds and the future, right? The future doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist. There's no, actually is no good and bad. There only is what is, right? It, the, today isn't a good day or a bad day. Today is today. You know, yeah. it, 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 and it couldn't have been any other way. Like I said, everything that ever has happened in my life has led me to be being here on this conversation with you right now, for yeah. better or for worse, for right or for wrong. So there is, you know, it's just a different way to, I don't see life that way. It's not like, oh, today's a bad day. You know, I have a morning, I have a morning routine I do. I give this away for free if anyone wants to check it out. Um, it's on my podcast. You can find it all over the place. But my first step in my morning routine is what I call my touchdown affirmation. The touchdown affirmation is when my feet touch the floor every morning, I say an affirmation. That's a, you know, a habit cue, right? If you understand habits, you want a cue. So my cue is my feet touch the ground every morning. And the first thing I say is today is going to be a great day. Every morning, those words come out of my mouth automatically. I've done it thousands of times now. So it's like, that's just how it is. I'm just programming yeah. my brain to do that. So, I mean, I can get stuck in traffic. My flight can get canceled. My business can flop. All these things can happen. And it's just like, well, it just is. Again, it just it, it isn't good or bad because it can't be different, right? If I launch a product and no one buys it, it just is. There, there, you know, there, there's no other way for me to think about it. Now, again, what can I do in the future to make sure that that doesn't happen again if it's a, if it's a yeah. result that I don't like? Then that's then that's how I look at it. So, you know, uh, I use this as a compass because it's very simple to me. All you have to do to know if things, you know, people are like, what should I be eating? What what exercise should I be doing? What should I be doing for my business? I'm like, you already know. Everyone knows mm -hmm. the answer, right? No one's ever came to me as a nutrition coach and was like, yeah, I just don't know. Should I be eating the McDonald's or the salad? Like it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. No one, you know, you know when you're watching Netflix and it says next episode are you still watching, but you have a, you have an email campaign to write, you know what you're supposed to be doing, right? You just don't mm -hmm. do it. So the, the easiest way, all you have to think about is, will I be, how will I feel about this tomorrow? That's it. Yeah. Right. If, and if I'll feel happy. So again, it's like my, you know, when I was doing nutrition coaching, people would ask me, oh, I really want the cake. All right. Well, how do you feel about it the next day? Yeah. I'll feel I'll feel bad. I'll feel bloated. I'll feel shitty. I'm like, well, then that doesn't seem like a good thing to do. Why would you want to make yourself feel bad, bloated and shitty? But on the other hand, some people say, well, I'll eat the cake. How would you feel? I'll feel like I enjoyed the birthday party. I feel like I didn't restrict myself. I'll feel like yeah. I, I feel like I, well, then that's a great thing Then I, then I embrace you eating the cake, right? Yeah. Same thing watching Netflix. Sometimes you'll say, well, how would you feel if you watch another episode of Netflix instead of doing your work? Oh, oh my God. Tomorrow it'll feel like I have even more work to do. I'll feel like the world is crashing down on me. I'll feel so overwhelmed. Well, it's probably not a good thing. You know, tomorrow, how will you feel about watching the Netflix? I'll feel like I got a little bit more rest. I'll feel like I actually took some time for myself. I feel like I really needed that. And I'll feel more charged up the next day to do my work. Well, then it's a great thing. Then you need to watch the Netflix. So it's not a black or white thing. But the point really? is, you're, you already know inside of you what the right thing is to do. And it's about how is it going to affect you in the future? So like I said, in the, having that bad day, if I'm having a bad day, I don't need to think about right now. I need to think about what do I need to do going forward to make tomorrow, Paul, in the best situation that he needs to be in. I love that. One of the things that I used to do, um, I implemented this for myself and it works well for a lot of clients through the years is the 80-20 rule. And it's not exactly precise, you know, with the numbers, but it's just a general idea. Um, but one of the things I did when I was uh, 
training because I did have to be more mindful of, um, you know, what I was eating and when I was eating and all of that, the 80-20 worked really good. Monday through Friday, I ate really great. You know, I was on point consistently, just being mindful, being creative, um, healthy, quote unquote. <laughs> and then Fridays and Saturdays, Friday evening, Saturday and Sunday, I could eat what I wanted. Now, that didn't mean I went crazy and ate the, the whole candy shop. But I knew that was the time that I was most likely going to be with family, friends, date night, whatever. And I didn't want to be at a restaurant, you know, worried about how many calories does this have and what does that have? And did I eat bread yesterday? And, you know, whatever. And so that was my rule of thumb. And that really worked. It gave me the guilty pleasures to trick that inner kid in me to feel like I was getting away with something or doing something, you know, I shouldn't be doing. But it also kept me mindful of moderation and just being overall well, right? And I still do that to this day with just about anything that I do because I I advocate for working around how your energy flows for me. And that seems to work for some people and not for some people. Um, but for me, I used to try to do that nine to five workday, right? That's what I was programmed to do because that's what most corporate jobs are, most counseling jobs, you know, that I had or seven to three or, you know, different hours. But that that work day. And what I quickly realized as an entrepreneur was that didn't work the same for me. <laughs> Working for myself versus in an office surrounded by people and having, you know, the connectivity. And so what I discovered was that 80-20 rule still works. Batching my days, guys, is how I stay happy and well. Because I can't get up in the morning and do all the work things all day long and then stop at night and switch from work to personal. I have to batch my days where I front load my mornings to get 80% of my day done in a few hours. Then I take a break. Maybe I nap. Maybe I go for a walk. Maybe I grab lunch with friends. Maybe I watch Netflix, play with the dogs, have fun with my partner, whatever. And then maybe there's a little bit, you know, left to get done that 20%, get that done. And then I'm done with the rest of the day. I do the same thing for my weeks. I discovered that working Monday through Friday just was not it for me. And so I front load my weeks, get 80% of what I need to get done for the week in those first few days, maybe Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. And then I have the remaining days to get those last little things done and have downtime because I'm working in this cycle of how my energy flows, right? And so happiness, the reason I'm sharing that, because I love what Paul was saying and just adding on to that, happiness isn't a one size fits all, guys. It's, it's not this thing that if you do this, then, if this, then that. It is never a scenario of I can give you a cookie cutter and then <laughs> and then if you bake this cake this exact way, it's going to taste this way every single time. Just think about how when you cook recipes, right, you can follow the directions and every single time, even though it's great, it's still going to taste slightly different because maybe you add it just a touch more. Maybe you put a little bit more love into it, let it cook a little bit longer, whatever it is. And so uh, happiness is really the same. It's this it's this beautiful now that beauty can be filled with tears sometimes, but this beautiful journey really of self-discovery, uh, self-imagery, self-awareness, right? Self-love, self-confidence, self-value, mm -hmm. self-care, self-worth, all the selves, all the layers of who we are as an individual is what contributes and accountability is what contributes to us being able to cultivate those experiences of happiness. Because that's really what happiness is, right? It's an experience. It, I don't really think that it's an emotion. 
it is an experience that you intentionally create or co-create with other people. The emotion itself is fleeting, but those memories, that experience lasts, just like joy, just like peace, just like ease, just like discomfort. It's, it's on the spectrum, right? I always like to say um, the old quote, it's a thin line between love and hate is real. I really believe that. It's the same emotions, just opposite ends of the spectrum. And so is happiness and sadness. It's the same emotion because it's all energy. It's just opposite ends of the spectrum. And our job every single day as humans is to figure out where we are. And then what do we need? What does it take for us to shift from where we are to experiencing or creating more of what we need and more of what we want? So I, I, I think that this conversation is, and I believe that this conversation is absolutely necessary on so many levels, whether you're a business owner, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, soccer dad, lawyer, restauranteur, um, you know, grocery store clerk, postal service worker, wherever you are on the spectrum, we need to be having these conversations to normalize that weight is individual. I am considered, I think I'm considered morbidly obese. Now looking at me, Paul, you can clearly tell that <laughs> I am of, you know, you can't see me standing up, but I'm about an average weight. I am considered morbidly obese by the charts. Even when I was a fitness trainer, I was considered obese because I'm 5'4", and I think by the charts at that time, I was supposed to weigh like 120. And I ranged around 155 to 165. And so, you know, I've always used that as a joke to just remind people that no one can tell you what it should. I love the fact that you highlighted that before. No one can tell you what it should look like or what it must look like, right? We can only tell you, here are some of the things that work. Now get out there and be adventurous and try them to see if they work for you, right? Or if they don't work, keep being adventurous until you find the experience that makes sense for you and resonates for you. If you had to tell them one thing, if they leave this conversation and don't remember anything else, if you had to tell them one thing, what would that be? Um, Well, you know, kind of based on what you were just saying, it's exactly that. And again, this is fitness. This is nutrition. This is business. This is relationships. This is everything. This is life. There is no rule book for this stuff. There is no roadmap for this stuff. There is no one size fits all. There is no right answer, right? So the worst mistake that people make is trying to make themselves fit into a box, right? Making myself fit into the box of fitness, make my business fit into the box of what a business is looking like. Because a a, a successful business for me, as I've said, is one that allows me to live my lifestyle. It's not where I'm making $10 million. So my success and someone else's success are different. Okay. So, but again, if I hold myself to the standards of what a successful business is with this many clients and this many customers, it's like, I feel like a failure. If you, if if you, if you hold yourself to the standard of what a correct, I'm throwing air quotes for people listening, BMI is or weight or whatever, then, oh, now I'm all of a sudden I'm a failure. If I hold myself to the quote unquote standard of what a diet is, but I like to, I like to have some drinks on the weekend. Now I failed at my diet. None of these things are real. Again, failure is not real. Success is not real. What's only what, what's real is you living the life that you want. 
And again, this is a hard thing for people because people want an answer. They're like, well, they're like you didn't even, they're like, tell me what to do. Stop, stop giving me all these, all these half answers. But yeah. unfortunately, if there was an answer for this stuff, you would have Googled how to be happy. You would have got a six step chart and everyone in the world would be happy. And we know that's not the world we live in. Same mm -hmm. thing with fitness, same thing with build a business, same thing with all of these things. The answers are out there, you know, but it's not that simple. So the, and the, and the, and the hard part is, and this is why most people won't do this is because you have to figure out what works for you. There is no one size fits all answer. And that's the hard part, right? Because again, if that, that's why people don't like keto, right? It's a very simple one. It's simple. Cut out all the carbs. Okay. You told me what to do. I don't have to think anymore. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But it doesn't work like that. Oh, business. Just post on Instagram every day for 60 days and then you'll be a millionaire. Oh, well, yeah, if that was the case, then everyone would be millionaires, but that's right. not really how it works. Yes. It works like that some of the time, but it doesn't work like that all of the time. So my point with all of that, my little rant there was just that the hard thing, and we always have to do the hard thing. The hard thing is really figuring out how this works for you. And that's where coaching comes in. That's where accountability comes in. That's where all the tools that you have available come in, come in, but you have to figure it out. And, you know, myself, I would say, this is about me building this around you, not making you fit into a box of what you think this is supposed to look like. So how do we build this to fit the individual as opposed to making the individual fit into a box? And you can do that for yourself. You can do that with a coach. You can do that with a, a course, however you do it but don't just try to do off the rack. You got to build it for yourself. I love that. I will add to that. And I will say that my one thing is first and foremost, you have to be able to trust self. And that can feel like an unscalable mountain, right? You know, when, you, when you've been hurt, when you've been wounded by life, by situations, memories, moments, especially when it comes to fitness, if you've had health issues or challenges, um, if you've had injuries as a business owner, if you've had a launch or a sale that didn't go great, or you didn't make the revenue you wanted to in a quarter or a year or a week or a month or for a specific thing that you needed or whatever the case may be, right? In anything that we're facing, learning to trust ourselves is pivotal. And especially for happiness and wellness, because whether we're working with a coach or a healer or whatever expert practitioner, therapist, counselor, doctor, whatever, all we're going to do is tell you the knowledge and the wisdom that we have based on the experience that we have. But you as the person still have to figure out how to apply it when you get home and you're not working with us. And if you're working with us ongoing, how to keep it going when you're no longer working with us, right? And all of that comes down to self-trust. Because you've got to be able to speak up and say, I don't know if I really like that. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense for me. Can we, can we talk through some other options? Or, you know, I tried this and it just, it really didn't feel good or it didn't resonate or it didn't make sense. Can we keep working through this, right? You have to advocate for yourself in this journey. And being able to advocate from yourself, again, comes from self-trust. Being able to listen to that inner wisdom, that inner voice to make decisions for yourself. So you guys know that I always recommend a crystal because I love my crystals. And today I want to, um, I talk about rose quartz a lot. So for the ladies, I'm going to recommend rose quartz. For the guys that want a little bit more of a masculine energy with that, I will recommend stromatolite. Either one of those are really good for self-care, for self-awareness, for balancing, for self-love, right? 
those are all necessary in order to truly thrive as an individual is to tap into your happy place, the pursuit of happiness, the cultivation or creation of happiness, the experience of happiness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, self-love and self-awareness, self-care are huge pillars of that to be able to do that. So I recommend those two stones. If you have them, pull them out today and give yourself a little extra love. If you do not, hop on over to the Healing One Shop and grab them because we've got plenty in. Uh, as we're winding this down, I give you guys the reminder, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul's information is on the podcast episode information. So if you want to reach out to him, if he resonated for you, click those links, reach out to him, connect with him and let him know that you heard him here on the Healing One Unapologetic Healer podcast. Thank you all for being so amazing and being a part of our audience everywhere that you are and being on this journey with us because truly believe this and I say this all the time, the more you heal you, the more you heal the collective. And if it is time for you guys to work with me and become part of the internal healing one family, we're ready for you. We've got the wound healing and energy healing certification course live and going. We've got different classes ready to serve your needs. So I love you guys. And I will talk to you next time.